But the Supreme Court threw it out saying that they needed six. And because the law did not match the the current state of the state, they're going to throw it out. And so I say, let's riot. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> if you got one, spark up. You listen to the Higher Learning Podcast for 420 NJ events. Let's go. All right. Happy 420, everybody. Welcome to the Higher Learning with 420 NJ events podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Robinson. I'm here with my brother, my co-host, my dog, Stan O'Coral. Stan, what's up, baby? What's going on, brother? Chilling as always, bro. Good to see you. Always. Um, we, uh, we got a special guest on the show tonight, okay? Uh, one of the first people I actually met in this business, a cannabis socialite, a cannabis activist, uh, mm-hmm. the co-host of the podcast, She Blaze. I mean, she's playing some of the biggest events in the cannabis space. I'm talking about the one and only Ice Dawson. Ice, what's up? going? How you guys? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming here and kicking it with us. We appreciate it so much. Facts, facts. Well, I'm super lit to get into it. And, you know, you're right. We did meet um, a while back. And it's so great to see how far you came. Like, it just shows how quickly you can move in cannabis. And I love it. For sure. And I I appreciate you saying that. Um, Listen, before we get started, you know, we got to light one up. I'm not sure if you got anything over there. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Got a little doobie. <laughs> yes, I'm a smoking girl. Nah, we love it. We love it. So, as you alluded to, Ice, you and I met a few months ago um, at a networking event. And I told you this before, like the person that jumped out to me was just your energy. You know, it's contagious. I'm going to start there. Just tell us a little bit about your background, where all this energy stems from, and kind of how you got started in the cannabis industry. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I I have to contribute it to being a sativa diva. I like to be up and alert always, like first one up looking around. Um, so that's probably where the energy comes from. Um, I'm also the baby out of my siblings. So I, I'm always excited, a little bit of an energizer bunny. But uh, I've worked in cannabis since 2016. I actually got ushered in by my older sister, Dashida Dawson, who is a cannabis to corporate crossover. And um, it kind of came as like uh, the gold at the end of the rainbow. Like my mother had just passed and she moved out to Arizona. And like my aunt had been a medical marijuana patient since my mom had first got sick, but she was in Arizona and we didn't really know much because we were living in Georgia and we went all different places, but never quite to the West Coast. And so when my mom died, Dashida went out there, experienced the market, and she was like, girl, this cannabis stuff makes money. And like, as the, the I was already kind of a cannabis consumer out of everybody. I'm probably the veteran in the cons- cannabis consumption in my family. And yeah, I said that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, she's like, let's get into this cannabis thing. And I was like, okay, uh, what's cannabis? And she's like, the weed game. And I was like, yes. So of course I'm like, oh, we're going to have a dispensary. We're going to cultivate. We're going to deliver. And it was not like that at all. We actually started a strategic management company and we worked with some big companies like, um, uh, big MSOs, but also just non-cannabis companies that were always curious about the industry. And uh, we worked for that until 2018. All of our family actually joined the strategic management firm. Um, my sister, Imani Dawson, my aunt Latifa, like 
bunch of us. It was Dawson crew. Mm -hmm. And um, we sunset that to really focus on the Weedhead and Co. And that is a cross section of business policy and education. And so we actually have a book, How to Succeed in the Cannabis Industry, which is available on Amazon, or you could buy the ebook exclusively at thewehead.com. Man, that's dope. That, that's that's an awesome story on so many different levels. I, you know, I, lo- I love the fact that the Sheeta went out there and kind of found the gold and said, "Hey, come on!" Like you know, you know what I mean? That's really dope. You know, and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned going from Arizona to Georgia because obviously we're here in New Jersey. You know, and, and we we can't be uh, we can't help but just be excited about what's to come. Obviously, right? You know. So my question is, with you being a cannabis socialite, how do you see cannabis kind of taking over the nightlife? in the social life uh, as it starts to expand in different states? Wow, that that's a good question because uh, really the social light aspect comes from uh, the policy, honestly. So it's what the lawmakers put in the bill that will allow if the cannabis market has a nightlife. So um, because I've worked in the industry so much, I've actually been able to uh, experience and work in almost every market in the country. And so I will say cannabis tourism is different in every state because of its own like little cannabis country, to be honest. And so like Denver, we did this great like um, we've done a few events in Denver, but we actually rented a party bus and was able to consume um they are called the high end and they are a black owned uh cannabis bus in denver and we had fun we took people on a dispensary call everyone got to consume in the bus which is something that denver um and colorado's actual law allows for versus if you go to uh california uh you can't actually consume on a tour bus or on a party bus in that way um you can only consume publicly in those cannabis lounges which we know they were only exclusively in san fran and oakland and they're just now trying to make it happen in los angeles but good luck with that so i don't know new jersey's market Oh, listen, don't, don't, don't say that. Okay, we, we, we got to hold some hope, right? We got to hold some hope. Shout out to CR, um, your Cannabis Regulatory Commission. They are getting a lot of input by the public. And so I think that will allow there to be some nightlife because New York's actual consumption is popping. And so if New Jersey really wants to compete, they're going to go back and look at that. No, absolutely. As, as they should, you know, as they should. And to your point, they are doing a good job of actually listening to us. We've been on a few of those calls. So it's, yeah. um, you know, fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I mean, listen, I, I think that uh, me and my brother talk about this all the time. I think that consumption lounges and just the the idea of, of having cannabis as a, as a functioning part of your just everyday life, whether it's going out to eat, going out with your friends. I think it's going to be crucial because we like to do it. We like the environments. We like the vibe. We like the music. We like everything that comes along with it. So I'm hoping for it, you know, but you know, fingers crossed, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, oh. nah, that's mm-hmm. real. So, you know, you, you mentioned earlier just you know, being the younger sister of uh, Dashita Dawson, who we think is amazing and doing phenomenal work, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, you two host a podcast called She Blades. I would love for you to just talk to us a little about the show, some of the hot topics you guys have been discussing. Ooh, well, that tea gets hot. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Dashita, my big sis. I call her the Dawn of the family. But um, she she's great. She really helped push me 
to create and execute on an idea that I had for a long time, um, especially first going into the industry. So She Blaze is an award-winning video podcast that talks about cannabis news and culture, but it's also from like a real talk woman's perspective and a woman of color's perspective at that. And so, you know, we're going to hold you to some standards and stuff like and so I ended up uh, to call, telling my sister I wanted to do a podcast, She Blaze, to give a millennial side of the cannabis industry and what's this like being a professional because I think women in cannabis up until probably like 2019, they were very much so pigeonholed into either super hipster or sex kitten. And we know cannabis is way deeper than that. So. I told Dashida about my idea and she's like, mm, I think I can swing it. And so we end up giving a perspective from a older millennial who's, you know, 1980s to a younger millennial who's in the, who was born in the 90s. And you'll you would see if you guys watch it, we oftentimes we meet but then there is like a seesaw effect because there's 10 years in in difference and in policy that matters in the business industry that definitely matters and so we're live on facebook at noon on saturdays and you guys can also binge us anytime on apple Podcasts, spotify audible <laughs> nah that's 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 dope honey. i love that i love the authenticity i love the fact that you two are being real from two different perspectives, you know what I mean. So I mean that that I'm sure your your uh, your audience loves it, and we, you know we we love it just as much. Yes, and the tea that we get into. So I don't know if your uh, viewers know this, but Mississippi they got medical marijuana passed in their election, and Mississippi was really tricky with this politic happening during this election. Now it was one of the most like comprehensive patient bills to hit the streets of the South. Like everybody's South uh, medical marijuana program actually sucks. And so Mississippi was really like putting a stake in it. And it was brought to the ballot by the people um, uh, organization out of there. Well, last year when uh, when different people in the state bring their own question to the ballot, the lawmakers have an opportunity to bring their own as well, an alternative bill. So they created an alternative bill that looked like the hemp, farm hemp bill remix. It was like no flour, no bait, no nothing, competing against that bill that had flour, unlimited cultivation. They were looking like Oklahoma with the ability to buy, to get a license. And they passed it. They passed the right law that the people brought. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Mississippi Supreme Court overturned that election ballot due to technicality in the actual law that was from like the 1990s that didn't relate to what's happening in the state. So they had to get six congressional district signatures on their ballot. But because of the census, they lost two. So there's only four congressional district signatures they could get. They got that, but the Supreme Court threw it out saying that they needed six. And because the law did not match the the current state of the state, they're gonna throw it out. And so I say, let's riot. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Ratchet. Now, hold on. So, like, this this is the kind of game T you, you guys are giving up on this podcast. Oh yes. Oh yes. 
yes, yes, yes. We give all kind of tea like that. And, you know, we go out, we talk about policy, but we also talk about MSO's uh, culture and product. A lot of celebs are getting into the industry right now, throwing funds around this million, this million, but there are companies that in cannabis are worth a couple billion. You know, it's things like that that gets real tricky. Wow, that's real. That's real. I mean, and speaking of things getting tricky, you know, we're we're seeing cannabis be more and more accepted throughout the country, as you just alluded to. But, you know, we're still seeing that black folks have less than one percent ownership. You know, we're all social equity advocates here. But, you know, it, it really just begs the question, Ice, from your perspective, what should social equity look like in the cannabis industry? Well, I it is. It could look like a lot of things because cannabis is unlimited. Um, And I think it should also be in cannabis, the actual uh, consumption method of like taking it as a patient, but also hemp and agricultural hemp. Because if we look at history, history tells us that once upon a time, hemp was the slave crop. And so that means, you know, they robbed us of our wealth because hemp can do anything. And so when they outlawed it, they robbed us. And doctor, I will quote Dr. Rachel on that one. She does a great cannabis history lesson um, about it because a lot of us as black and black and brown people, we don't know that like our history is rooted in cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that social equity should honestly come in all arms and we should be able to play in the market whether you have a felony or not and you cannot make money off the plant until you free the people like social equity is not just coming with dollars and cents it's also fixing the harm that we've done locking up black and brown people like to the 10th power. And so I think it comes from a couple of different angles, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. All right. No, we, we, we agree spot on. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. When these MSOs go to these, these these counties, these municipalities, these towns, and we're seeing that there's folks who are locked up behind bars, in some cases, 23 hours a day over a plant we're smoking, a plant we're making money off of. You know, it's, it's some bullshit. No, that's crazy. And I know there's different organizations like the Last Prisoner Project, but those are not ran by people that look like us. Let's just say that. Yeah. We're we, we going to talk to you more offline about it, but you know we got to find out this academy. Okay. That's right. That's right. You know, yours truly, you know. Right. And we should teach a course on how people, how can people expunge their record in different places? Because a lot of times we're saying we're, now we're saying we want it automatic because we see places like California struggle to expunge people's records and there is no tools that teach people, okay, you gotta go file this paperwork down here and you have to get this many things. Like there's no step-by-step how-to guide on doing that. You know, it's interesting you say that. My, my, my brother's been working on some things on the sideline in terms of us being able to help folks with that process. So more to come on that for sure. Well, I'm excited. You guys are doing big things. Like, if you can move this quickly in a couple months, I can't wait to see you guys next year or five years, you know? Yeah, we appreciate that. Speaking of moving fast, um, I think we'd all agree that, uh, you know, outside is starting to open up, okay? And, uh, you know, Ice, you put on some huge events in the past. You know, you had Bud and Bougie, the, the Black Enterprises Entrepreneur Conference, and just so much more. So from an event perspective, what can we expect from Ice Dawson coming up? Well, hopefully uh, event 
at y'all's uh, y'all um, so yes um, we're looking at a few different things we're doing some internal retreats because everybody wants to be all like uh, they want to recuperate they want to hug the people they met on zoom and then they just want to hug the people they knew from before and so we're planning some internal retreats with our different coalitions so that's going to be lit and as far as events I don't know I am a little nervous so hopefully it's the rooftop parties and stuff but I will say the National Cannabis Festival will be on August 28th this year very special day you guys and um, I'm super excited about that DC I really want to go I'm like even if I don't do anything because I don't really want to do anything for it I just want to enjoy it as a attendee because NCF gets lit really? literally Okay. Mm-hmm. We might we might have to join you on that one. Yeah, we'll definitely be down there for that. Sure. Yes. Nah, that's real. Yes, DC is one of my favorite party spots. Um, when I was living in New York, I would go down to DC to catch a good concert for half the price. Um, so nah, <laughs> I know real. DC well. <laughs> that's real. Without well, nah, listen, we, we we really appreciate you coming and kicking it with us. But before we get out of here, we got to ask you the question we ask everybody. Okay, and we want you to put some thought into it. <laughs> What's your favorite strain of all time and why? I would have to say strawberry cough. Okay. Uh, I really want to say green crack, but I am so anti that name that it could not ever be my favorite. But okay. strawberry cough. Um, because I love sativas and I love when my cannabis tastes fruity and I feel like I just ate a strawberry if it's grown really, really well. And that's the type of strain that like, especially when it comes on the sativa side, I can go out and party all night and wake up in the morning and get on a meeting. So I love that strain. Nah, that's a great strain. That's a great strain. I love love the fruity strains as well. So I, I can relate for sure. All right, well, listen, Ice, listen, we, we, we definitely appreciate you coming and kicking it with us. Before we get out of here, though, how can our uh, our audience, our followers, our subscribers, how can they uh, how can they follow Ice Dawson? Oh, okay. Well, if you really want to see me, you watch me live on Facebook Live every Saturday at noon, Eastern Standard Time. And you can find that at Dashida Dawson, the Weed Head Facebook page um, and Ben just there. And then if you're looking to follow me, she blaze on Instagram, me, I'm cannabis socialite and she underscore blaze is my podcast. Um, so you guys definitely get into it. Check me out on the wehead.com as well. Awesome. There you go. There you have it. Well, listen, y'all, we want to just thank everybody, our entire 420 NJ events family tuning in. Make sure you guys got those notifications on. So you're ready when we drop our next episode. This has been the Higher Learning with 420 NJ Events Podcast. Until next time, medicate responsibly. Let's go. Peace.